Welcome back to our listeners. You are tuning into the boardroom for women, and I am your host, Lori Carice. Today, we have with us Liz Wolf of Liz Wolf Coaching, and our topic is the three keys to an abundant business. Welcome, Liz. Thank you, Lori. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for being here. I love the boardroom for women because I kind of envision the days where I'd start my Monday morning with my sales team and my ad director was there and of course is all about driving sales, but also talking about productivity and and forecasting and sales tools and really just to kind of help lead and inspire the team. So I kind of do this virtual setting with the same concept of, you know, what can you do to help your business thrive and where do you need that little push? So, you know, starting off our work week or whenever you tune tune in, whenever you need that little push for your business, here's the boardroom for women. So take it away. Talk about the, um, let's talk about the three keys to an abundant business. Yeah, well, th- this is a, one of my favorite topics for sure. So here's here's the background to where I came up with the idea of what are the three keys to an abundant business. So what I've noticed, I'm a business coach for entrepreneurs, mostly women, but not only women, but there's a certain theme that keeps showing up, which is that especially newer entrepreneurs are like, what is, what's the key to my success? How am I going to make a success of my business? Especially in that first one to five years. And so the, the common theme that people hear is one of three things. They, they say, well, you have to be super disciplined and you have to be really good at time management and you have to work really hard. So that's one thing. Um, You got to meet the right people. So go to as many networking events as you can and like get connected and ask for referrals. And that's two. And then the third one, which really trips women up a lot, is this idea of being a respected expert. Like I um, I have to, you know, imposter syndrome sets in a lot. I have to be really good at what I know. I have to get certified and all that. So what I like to say is that those three things, working hard, having connections and being a respected expert are good tools in your entrepreneurial toolbox, but they are not what is going to most easily have you create yourself an abundant business. So now you bit of course, what are those Liz? Why are you telling me what it isn't? Tell me what it is. So the three keys that you can focus on because they're all within the realm of your control are ask powerfully, give wholeheartedly and receive graciously. So as I say, they're all in the realm of your control. Um, let's say you don't, you're not a disciplined person or you don't have good time management skills or you keep asking for referrals, but you don't get any or you really are kind of new in your business and you don't feel like you're an expert. Those are what I would call outside of the realm of your control, whereas you can always learn how to ask more powerfully, give wholeheartedly and receive graciously. Yeah, so ask powerfully. Let's go ahead and maybe... Put an example out there. So um asking powerfully, asking for the meeting, asking for the sale, um, asking for the relationship. Because I mean, I I do feel I was looking at your time management connections, being a respected ex- expert. I know imposter syndrome is kind of a um 
a term that has been very, very heavy in the last handful of years that I've heard. I hadn't even heard of it up until maybe three years ago, but it's a thing. It is. Um, I would say connections for me are my most valuable asset right there. So let's talk about Ask Powerfully. You want to give an example of how women can kind of um, boost themselves up and what, what does that look like? So the word powerfully I use because what I what it means to me is very to be specific, to be very specific about what you want. So number one, even if you just let's say, you know, we love statistics, right? Even if we just doubled the number of times we just asked, like for the sale or for a referral or for a testimony or whatever, we're going to get results. But here's an example. So let's say you're asking for a testimonial. And I do this all the time. I will say, hey, Mary Lou, uh, would you please give me a testimonial? It would sound something like this. And then I write the testimonial the way I, obviously in an authentic way, but I'll say, it would be great if you could make it show me sort of a before and after. Before I met you, I was overwhelmed. I didn't know what to do. And now I have a strategy for my business. Okay. I actually write it and then I send it to them and I say, will you, will you give me this, this testimonial? And because I'm trying to make it easier for them, number one, and number two, I know what I want them to say. Very frequently, people will just write back and say, yeah, that's great. Sometimes people will say, well, I edited it a little bit. And every once in a while, they'll write their own. So the more specific I can get in that ask, the more likely I will get someone to respond. How about asking for a meeting? Because I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm in a funk. I am in a funk. Um, Not only do I run the radio station, but I actually have an outside job where I'm in advertising. And I feel like people are so, so, so busy right now. They can't even get on your schedule. And part of me is like, eh, is that a diversion? They're not really interested. They don't know how to. As much as you want to ask powerfully, I would love to have a a clear denial (laughs) if that's the case. Be clear Mm -hmm. in what your needs are. You're not going to might hurt my feelings if you say your products aren't right, you know, for me or for them. I would love an opportunity to make sure that's the case. Sometimes they have this preconceived, you know, idea of what you're trying to provide them. But this whole land of ghosting is like out of control for me. I, I just, I can't believe it. It's, it's, it's like, it's rude. It's just rude. Um, I've done several presentations where I take the time with my team to really come up with some really amazing concept for them to consider. Oh, thank you. And they walk away and then they don't even take a follow-up meeting or anything. And to me, it's just, yeah, I look through it. I don't think it's right for me would be a great one. Um, or yeah, let's get on that on a phone call and let's dig a little deeper and still make a decision. It still doesn't have to go in my way. I'm not raising my hand that I'm um, high pressure sales. I just actually want your authentic uh, attention. If you, especially if you asked for it the first time. So, I mean, I'm trying to be delicate about this ask powerfully that yes, I want to ask for that appointment. I want to ask for somebody's like real attention. Well, there's so much. I mean, as you're speaking, that was I, a lot. I know. Yeah, I was thinking about <laughs> that was my dump. Things. Well, first, the first thing that comes to mind is 
what we sometimes do is we say, hey, so-and-so, Mary Lou. I don't know why I like to use that name. <laughs> Hi, Mary Lou. Uh, would you know? Thank you for your interest. Would you like to get together to speak? And then we never hear back. Okay, a more powerful way to say, hey, Mary Lou, thank you for your interest. I would love to speak to find out if we're fit to work together. Next week, I'm available on Monday at three o'clock or Tuesday at four o'clock. You should never give more than two options. Um, in fact, I've even noticed if I give us a, a range, that's even too not specific enough. Right. And they, you always pick the wrong, they always pick the back end or whatever. They always pick the wrong thing. So these two times. So that's just one example. Okay. Another thing that occurred to me when you were saying is how do we get, how do we ask in a way that evokes an answer? And one of the ways you can evoke an answer from people because they feel more power is to evoke a no answer from them. So sometimes when I don't hear back from people, I will write back and I will say, did you give up on coaching? Because if they decided that they don't want coaching anymore, then they could just say, yeah, or, or, but if they'll, but they sometimes will, because there's no is actually a more powerful experience for on that side, they'll write back and say, no, I'm still researching coaches or something like that, just to try to evoke. So those are two things that come to mind out of what you said. That's interesting. Kind of put it, did you give up on growing your business? I don't want to be that blunt, you know, that, you, that to me is just like, yeah, that's rude. Of course, they didn't grow up on growing, give up on growing their business. But I'm wondering how I can kind of phrase that. Um, did you give up on considering some of your options in growing your business? You know, or did you decide not to move forward with the project? Did you? Uh -huh. uh, yeah, anything like that that will that will have them say, well, no, I'm still working on it. But just what are we trying to do? We're trying to get them to respond. Even people who promise me that they're going to let me know about stuff, they'll let me know. about. It. It's like I'm, I'm almost to the point on my coaching, uh, my prospect calls of saying to people, look, I'm just going to tell you right now that I know you're going to talk to other coaches and that's great. I want you to do that. But could you just please don't leave me hanging, you know? Right. So, so there's there's a way in which we want to be nice, like you don't want to be rude. But on the other hand, we want to get a response. Yeah. So another one, for example, is uh, someone I in in my area has a restaurant. And first time I got him on the phone, yeah, I've been thinking about doing something else. I need to get on TV. And now I've got these two restaurants. It's great. So I sent him some information. I even put together a commercial for him. And he goes, yeah, I definitely have some changes. I just need to wait about another week because I'm waiting to get my liquor license. Okay, that's great because he might want to include, come in for wine and beer, you know. Um, oh, I still haven't heard back. Call me next week. Call me next week. So it was one of those. And I knew he was legitimately waiting for this liquor license, but it was call me next week. And then when I did, I felt like I was burdening him because he wasn't responding. Like, okay, now I'm that harassing person, but he did tell me to call him next week. And then when I finally sent another text, he said, Lori, I'm just too busy in my life right now. And I'll let you know when I'm ready. I'm like, oh, now I'm a life coach. I'm like, oh my gosh, did I push him over <laughs> the limit? He told me to do this. So uh, I, I was so frustrated. I'm like, that's where I felt like communication could have been more clear. First of all, he could have just gotten on the phone with me for two minutes saying, hey, 
I'm having a lot of problems with this liquor license. I like what you're doing. Let me call you in two weeks. Instead of, you know, my calling him became harassing, but that is where he, that's what he told me to do. Right. And then I got this, like my, I'm too busy in my life right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I push this guy over the edge on my one text? Well, there's two things I'm hearing of what you're saying. Number one, don't be over responsible for other people's lack oh, of thank you for saying that. You know, it has nothing to, you just have to know it has nothing to do with you. Okay, okay. good. I have a perfect analogy for this. You pretend, you're Mary Lou, your friend, calls you up and Mary Lou says, hey, uh, I don't have a car, but I need to go to Ikea to buy a bookshelf. Will you take me? And you say, sure. When would you like to go, Mary Lou? And she says, well, I'm not sure yet. Okay, well, you just let me know. And then you have your fr- your Saturday, let's say, is free. And you go, you know what? I never heard back from Mary Lou. Let me follow up with Mary Lou to say, Mary Lou, do you still want to go to Ikea? So I call up Mary Lou and I say, do you still want to go to Ikea? And then she doesn't answer. Or she doesn't respond. Now, in your mind, she's your friend. And you know she needs this item, this bookcase or whatever it is. Or let's say it's something a little more urgent, like a washing machine or something. Right. And you know, you can help her. You know, the, you know that other people could help her, but she asked you. So if she were your friend and she, and you knew she was in need, you would never say, Oh, I'm harassing Mary Lou, but she does she still needs the washing machine. Um, you know, she just, I can see from here that her dirty clothes are piling up. Right. So there's if my point is, is that if it were a friend, you would always have the idea in your brain. Well, she wants to hear from me because she asked me for her help. And I'm just going to keep offering her help until she responds. And that, that just takes away that feeling of oh, that over responsibility or like I'm harassed. You use the word harassed. Hey, you're the one that asked me, you know, <laughs> did you give up on growing your business? I mean, you know, you're the one that asked me. So that helps me when I think of it that way. I need a few more little of those phrases. Let, let's give let's give our listeners a couple of phrases. Not so much did you give up on your on your business, but when you feel a little dodged or you're having a hard time getting the appointment or you're being ghosted, because I think I'm not the only one who feels like, you know, that extra phone call is harassment. That I think this could be big in people's business. You know, we're living in very complicated and cluttered times. You turn on the news right now and it brings a sense of fear, which can add to overwhelm and stress. And it's way bigger than white noise. You know, it, it's it's a lot. So where do we find really that? balance where we're that human and compassion, but we also strive to perform. And that that's a big ask for me to kind of throw at you right now. I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking of my own life as, you know, I'm, I'm a woman entrepreneur. I've been running my own business for 15 years. Uh, COVID really collapsed a big part of my business. I'm in the events industry and that's why I, I took on the new full-time job and it's just to help create that balance and that additional layer of income that I realized was so valuable during COVID when I only had my own business. And so I'm constantly looking at balance and compartmentalizing everything so that I can chug along and that my brain can function the right way. And I think that 
what I have learned over time also is my emergency is not everybody else's emergency. When I try to get in touch with somebody and I feel like it's quick, you know, really important to do so right now, I need to remind myself that it's not always that person's emergency. So how do we maybe get in that mindset of realizing there's a lot of things going on, but to still have that task in mind to complete and to perform. Again, this is this is complicated because, I mean, you and I are recording here in late October. You turn on the news and it's devastating, devastating, everything going on from war, politics, shootings, just so much. And that weighs on us and our hearts and where we go to perform. I mean, I almost have guilt sometimes when I shift the conversation to something so mundane as an ad spend when there's an active shooter situation, I'm going to like cry. Um, this is our world. How, how, how do we just, you know, it's not every day, you know, oh, it's just another day in business. But, um, you know, again, maybe kind of going back to that, what's my emergency isn't your emergency. Where, where do you kind of ask for that permission or in, in yourself or with your client when we're talking about scheduling with them? Is there another way even like, is this in, in, instead of the, are you not growing your business right now? Yeah. I mean, let's maybe, is there another scenario? I feel like I'm jabbering here, but I'm clearly struggling right now because of everything we can all consume right now and making decisions becomes difficult. I think when we're dealing with so much in life, gas, groceries, the economy. Yeah. Well, there's so many things in what you said. Absolutely. And you know, part of it is, look, I'm not trying to manipulate people into responding. I'm trying to offer them an opportunity to speak powerfully for themselves, to say, no, I'm not interested, or yes, I am, but I'm afraid. I don't know how to move forward. Let's face facts. People are very, very busy right now. Very, very busy. And the the best business tip I can give to you is to keep asking I have, there's a one woman that I just had another, I had a call with her in January and we're almost to November and we've just been, Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Now that doesn't work with everyone, but there was a tremendously large number of people where they want to feel touched. They want to feel supported. They want to know you're still thinking of them. They want to know that you haven't given up on them, that they're still interested. In fact, I'm surprised at how often I express interest to people about stuff and how quickly they drop off mm. from when I say I'm interested, um, especially not, not the least of which are contractors. Like, you know, people came here, I needed to, to put a new floor, never heard back from the guy. Like, I literally want to give you money. I <laughs> to give you money and I never heard back. So there's so many times, you know, I think what your, your um, ad person said, you know, I'm so, my life is so busy right now. I think he's speaking his truth, which is that he is very, very busy. Now there's something else about what you said is like, there's a way in which, and I think especially women, you know, we feel very, feel tremendous amount of compassion for 
what is happening in the world. I'm not saying men don't feel that compassion. I'm saying as women, we, we have a strong sense of compassion. And there's a way in which everything else does become more important than us. And I believe that if all of us were engaged in an authentic, creative way in our lives, all human beings, all humankind, if they, if, if they, if everyone had that sense of fulfillment, that they were doing something that was valuable and worthwhile in their life and it's authentic to them, and that's the spirit of abundance, right, is that I'm in there, then, then all these things wouldn't exist. This war wouldn't exist. I remember reading some a story of a woman that was teaching girls, I think in Afghanistan, how to read. And they kept, they had to cross these checkpoints and they did it. And then one day they, the men, they, they were young, you know, they're 19, these people, right? So they were young and they stopped her and they said, and she was like, oh no, you know, they're going to not let me go. And they said, what about us? Can you teach us to read? So there's a way in which we're not being fulfilled authentically. So that is what's causing people to be restless and bored and, you know, angry at the world. And if we could all really own our power and be able to express ourselves that way, which is why I strongly encourage you, if you are in business, to 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 do that. You know, your work is important too. And I think that also goes back to connections. Um, I've, I, I'm now involved in a lot of chambers, et cetera. Some people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want some more information. Then you give them more information. Oh, I need to wait for next quarter. I'm, I'm waiting for an investor to come through, blah, 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 blah. What I've chosen to do with those conversations and, and not even really a choice. I mean, they're kind of, they have a passive no going on. Instead of me walking away, I've been pretty mindful to give them other connections. I want to make sure my value is beyond the sale because I really am in it for the relationship. You never know. What if I'm out of a job that I can go to that person? Hey, do you know someone? Um, or I, I'm always trying to make those other connections. So for example, another guy that I'm working with and he's he's the one with the investor and he's kind of waiting before he makes some annual spend commitments. I went to another function and I heard that they had some similarities in their target. And I, I just sent an email connection. I'm like, I wanted to introduce the two of you. I'm all about leveraging relationships. He was so thrilled that I thought of him that my landing in his email box wasn't about a pressure and a sale, but it was a way how to lift him up through another connection that was free. So I realize, and I'm, I don't do that as a checklist, make sure I do this, mm -hmm. but I realize the response I get from people when I do do that. And then when I do see them at a chamber event, it's not, oh no, there's the TV lady. It's like, Hey Lori, thanks so much for that connection. Well, you know what that is? That's the give wholeheartedly part of the second key. That's where you're, so if you want connections, give connections. If you want money, give money. If you want time, give time. Nobody likes those two because they're like, I don't have any money. I don't have any time. But the, it, it is a principle of abundance that you will receive what it is that you give. Now, why that is, is because that creates a balance in the world. It also is creating more of what you want. So if if a goal of ours is to have connections, the more connections we can create, the more connections there are in the world. That's abundance. 
So giving wholeheartedly, um, please don't hear that like give away your services for free or a discount. That's not at all what I mean. I mean, look to see where you can contribute to other people and other places and things. And then that that's where you will grow those relationships. I'm finding that works so much better. And like I said, it come it does come from a place of being authentic. I am doing it because I, I that's because I'm listening to people and listening to people's needs. And I realize in my business, it's not a race. It's a marathon or it's a journey. Mm-hmm. And the relationship is still very important. And what I want mostly out of these relationships is not to be ghosted, not to be turned away like, oh, she's going to come sell me something. I I want to be like, oh, that's that's the girl who knows people. Talk to Lori. She knows somebody yeah, about that. You know what I mean? The, the money will come somewhere. Might not even be from that person. But if you become a trusted advisor or partner, they're going to refer you. They're going to remember you positively. And then when they're ready, they'll come yes. to you. Yes. Absolutely. You know, I also uh, happen to be a singer and I play um, bluegrass music. And so I organize bluegrass jams in New York City. That's where I live in New York City. And I have 450 people on my mailing list, six or 800 people on my meetup group. And I grow that. More people want to be on my on my bluegrass list and want to be on my Liz Wolf coaching list, but they're both very valuable. So if you do want to be on my list, that'd be great. Why am I saying this? I've loved using bluegrass. So I've really only started organizing them since I've been doing it for years and years, but organizing since the pandemic. And I'm fascinated by the number of people that say, put me on your list. I'd love to come. And the percentage of the people that actually come and then the percentage of people that actually stay and actually get better and actually do it. And I can, it's great because I'm not attached. It's not like my business where I'm going to lose money if you don't come or, you know, like that. So, and I've really been interested in, in seeing how that develops and why that's so much fun is let, let's say occasionally someone will email me and say, Oh, I haven't been able to make it yet. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm having a good time over here. You don't know if you showed up how much fun you would have, how quickly you would learn, how much benefit you would get from from over here. So I know I've got a party going on. So that's the same in my business, right? I know that when my clients come to me and they create, you know, and they have these amazing businesses because of the work that we do together. And you know that. Lori, you know that if people were to come and work with you, you know you have a party going on. So you can really act like that in the world. Like, hey, I got a party going on over here and you don't want to come. Don't come. But I think you should because it's a lot of fun. You know, would you show up if Tina Turner was at your party or whoever? You know, I don't. Yes, you would show up. Um, you know, like, I don't know who the best bluegrass musician ever was playing. You know, Sam Bush is going to be. Yeah, you, I'd have. 50 people at my jam, but they, they're missing out on the fun of, um, and the abundance of it. And I want to stay in that frame of mind. Like come to my party. That's love that. You just said that because I, I, I've been in a funk the last few days. I've, you know how it, sometimes it hits you all at once. The no, 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 no. <laughs> and the, now we're approaching the holiday season where it's always, call me after the first of the year, you know, I'm like, Oh, you know, here we go. But I think I need to wear my party hat instead of being, you know, kind of 
internalizing the Debbie Downer because I I certainly don't show it to other people, but inside I'm like, oh, this is frustrating. I just have to uh, have a new party hat on. I'm going to have a get through the end of the year new party hat on. Come talk to me. Come hang out. You know, let's do this together because I authentically do care about other people's small businesses. I do. I've been running my own business for 15 years. That's why I was I was told I was hired for this job, not so much because of my advertising and sales experience, but because mm-hmm. I've owned my own business and that's how I can connect with other people running a business. I understand their growing pains. So yeah, I love that you talked about come to my party. That that's that's a really that's gonna be my takeaway from the boardroom today. Um I, I think this has been very powerful. We've talked about some heavy things, but you know, ladies, if you're listening and and you're you're trying to do it all, I mean, yeah, wear that party hat because what you're doing, that big offer is is a way to advance and move forward. Speaking of offers, I believe that you said uh while we're in the green room. That when if you go to your website, you always have some kind of offer. Uh, tell us a little bit about the best way to connect with you because for our podcast listeners, I'm always able to put links to your website. So for our audio, our radio only listeners, what's the best way to find you? And do you have offers that are always available in case people are tuning in months from now? Yes, absolutely. So LizWolfCoaching.com. So Wolf with an E. Liz Wolf. There are other Liz Wolfs out there. LizWolfCoaching.com. There's a, a whole section of resources. I always something have something right on my homepage. Uh, currently, my evergreen is a quiz that you can take, which tells you what your CEO leadership style is. And so I don't anticipate taking that down. You know, you should be able to find that on my website. And it's a lot of fun, and it will get you some really good information about some of your own personality and some of the ways you might feel stuck, you'll discover, oh, it's just because I have tendency to this personality instead. So LizWolfCoaching.com, you can set up a time for a call. You can download, free download resources, take a look. There's all kinds of trainings. And someday this uh, recording will be up on my website as well. Wonderful. Liz, thank you so much for joining us today. And you've and I know I dumped a lot on you and boy, you responded like a champ. So you are you. a fantastic coach. And yeah. and I always can spot a wonderful coach also when I have an aha moment and I have a takeaway and I did have that today. And I, I just want to say thank you so much for allowing me to connect with you today and, and walking away with something I feel like is powerfully uplift, uplifting that I can use right away. Great. I'm so glad to hear it, Lori. Thank you so much for having me on. Always, always appreciate being a guest. Wonderful. And you have been tuning in to the Boardroom for Women.